I've come to learn that the most real conversations are when we talk about the hard things. And I wanted to save part two to this week because this is when it gets kind of deep. So as you guys heard the last part of last week's episode with Kiki, if you haven't listened yet, please go give it a listen. She talks about how there was one tweet that came out from her GM on her pro team and it changed the world for her and her teammates. And because of that, This Is Us Softball was created. And some of you may know what This Is Us Softball is, but if you don't, it was basically a team that was created by players because they had all been playing for this professional team and they were let down by their GM. And because of that, they wanted no affiliation with the brand anymore and they wanted to create their own team and actually raise awareness for all of the things that are going on in our country, especially with Black Lives Matter and all the things that are happening. Now, this is not a political post. This is literally just Kiki speaking from her experience because she was the only Black player on the team when they decided to create this new team. So this week, we're going to dive into This Is Us Softball, how it was created, and how we can start having conversations with our athletes that are going to benefit not only them, but the world. So without further ado, here's part two of the episode with Kiki Stokes. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley V Training, former D1 athlete and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. You know, this was our first game back. COVID, uh, COVID is like at its all-time high at this point. You know, we're still, you know, just trying to figure out if should we even be playing. And so, mm-hmm. our initial, you know, thoughts were this will be so cool to give everybody like just something to look forward to, some hope, and bring back just something. And sure enough, um, it gets taken away the very first day, and my immediate reaction to the tweet was just like, 
you know, I was really upset, but more so that, you know, Scrapyard had been my family. I mean, I had never, you know, had it really any indication to believe that, you know, this was something that could, could happen. And uh, with everything, it was right after the, the murder of George Floyd. So it was even at, a, it was even a higher period of time of just like, you know, heightened awareness of everything that was going on in the world. And, you know, playing for this organization, I was like, that's now the organization that represents, you know, me, like, that was really what I was really sad about was, you know, yes, the comment hurt, especially because it, it hurt with who it came from, because I was actually really close with that person. But more so that like, you know, people sometimes are just so ignorant to the things that are going on in the world and, you know, just having sympathy for other people. And so when that happened, I just, you know, was like, I, I can't play for an organization that doesn't stand behind me, uh, my my community and just like, and it had nothing to do with, you know, her tagging Donald Trump, but everything to do with just like, this is the type of things that we are, we've been talking about for like the last two weeks prior to, you know, everything that had happened that night. And I had been talking to teammates all week. I mean, we were only there for 10 days before that happened. And I mean, there was people like, I had never played with Kat Osterman. I had never played with quite a few of them actually. Um, some of them I had played with on Scrapyard, but there was quite a few people that I'd only known for like 10 days. And the fact that we all decided together, like they were like, Kiki, what do you want to do? And I was just like, guys, I'm, I can't play for an organization like that. And the fact that everybody was like, well, we're behind you. Like we're out too. And I mean, when I tell you it was powerful, it was so cool to see, um, like I said, people that I had only known for 10 days were willing to, to stand up for me and, you know, support me and walk away with me. And, I think something that is really important to understand is that we, we had two choices. It was either, you know, stay and play for an organization that kind of single-handedly just like threw in the towel, or we could, you know, walk away together. And so some people were like, well, that's not showing, you know, the younger generation that quitting is okay. But I mean, in today's society, it's like, you cannot, you, you'll, you'll never win. There'll always be that one person that right. has something negative to say. But I think one of the biggest things was like, we chose that as a, as a team and as, you know, individuals that we were all much bigger and that situation was much bigger than softball to, to walk away from that and start something new. And that's kind of where This Is Us all came about. So that was kind of how that all started. Wow. So before we start talking about that and you getting to play with Kat and all these amazing things I can't wait to listen to, I looked up this quote that you said after the, the tweet was out and you guys were finding out about the tweet and things like that. You said something along the lines of the pain was so real, it felt physical. Mm -hmm. Can you describe what that pain was? Because I think it's really important for people to truly understand that it's not just something that went out and that we can just move over. Mm -hmm. Because in my opinion, this is something where everyone needs to listen mm -hmm. and learn from that pain that you were feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was for me, uh, growing up in softball, I'd always kind of just been the token black girl. Like I didn't really, growing up, I grew up in a predominantly white area, went to a predominantly white high school. So uh, there wasn't like just this, you know, Thing of like I've always played with you know, black people. I've always kind of felt like I've just been in my own little bubble. Softball is what I do, um, and that's just that. And as I got a little older, I mean, 
Natasha Wally was really the only one that I ever saw playing the game. And so she was obviously an inspiration to me, but like getting older and growing in the game, playing in college was the first time where I had played with more than just another, just one black person. Like I had, I think that there was at one point there was like four of us and I was like, this is the craziest, but coolest thing because college was really where I like started to blossom and figure myself out and that, you know, I, you know, accepted, like, I'm not only a girl, but I'm a black girl, like, and that's okay. And, and then the sport, I mean, I remember my family, they're all from down South and they always used to tease me about like, you play a white sport, you should play basketball. Like you should play somewhere like where, you know, you fit in a little bit more. And I was like, but no sport makes me feel like softball makes me feel like I, that is my outlet. And so for me, and this whole, after the George Floyd death, I was just like, this is all getting to be a little bit too too much to handle because I was just like, we're dealing with something every day and something that we always see, um, people, people don't understand. People don't understand that this is our every day. And just now, because things are being, you know, filmed on TV and on camera and all these things are being captured, you can't be naive to think that like this stuff is, wasn't just happening and just wasn't being recorded. And that's why I'm like, you know, for a lot of my friends, you know, they were asking, you know, Kiki, what can we do? And I'm just like, you know, I love that you're asking me, you know, what you can do. But it's just kind of like, uh, I, I gave this example. When the whole COVID-19 thing broke out, everybody was trying to figure out what it was, how you could get it, you know, how did it spread, all of this different stuff. And I'm like, it's the same with when you're talking about Black history. Do your research. Google is an amazing tool. And if you use it to your advantage in books and podcasts, there's so many different things. You don't always have to talk to a black person to figure out, you know, some of this stuff. It's in our history books. And it's just honestly a shame that like it's not, you know, capitalized on as much. But it's again, just the information is out there, but you have to be willing to learn about it. And that's kind of what I was telling. And I was like, you know, it's really heavy on social media right now. When this is all said and done, you know, a month from now, two months from now, as it has just gone back to normal, are you still, you know, if I call on you say, hey, I'm going to do this A, A, B, and C, are you still down? Because it's not that big on social media anymore, but I need you. That's, I think, what I wanted more people to figure out. And like I said, the, the couple of days leading up to our first game um, this past summer, I was having really, really good, genuine conversations with a lot of my teammates about everything that was happening. And I think that that was the coolest part. So when it happened, it, was, it wasn't even a question. It was like, we're done. Uh, it wasn't even like they really even had to ask me. Like, I just remember teammates being like, Kiki, no. Like, uh, you should, like yes, we want to hear what you have to say, but like, we're not, well, we're done. Like, we're not going to play for something like that. So like, it just was really cool to see that I had teammates that were very, very aware of everything that was going on. I have goosebumps thinking about what your teammates being around you and surrounding you in that situation was probably like. That is that is so that's so amazing. Because here's the thing, those people that were probably saying, No, we're done, they didn't have to completely understand right. to know that that wasn't right. right. You know? Right. And that's so cool. Like who, can you give me the names of those people? I mean, like, yeah. I mean like straight, like first people that were just like, what oh, man. is that? I have a feeling Kat oh, was one of those people. She, <laughs> she was the first. Kat was the very yeah. first person that was like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, 
no, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm, she was the very first person. And after her, I would say it was probably Sam Fisher. I kind of, to be honest, I kind of blacked out at a moment because I was like, literally like in tears at my chair. Just, I could like not just stop crying. I was just uncontrollable. And I think most of it was just emotions of like, I didn't come here for this. I didn't come here yeah. for, we've, I've already gone enough with just in the last couple of weeks, just being stressed out about trying to help my friends feel like what it is that they can do. But like now this, like softball has always been an outlet for me. And now here I'm dealing with the people that I've been with for like the last five years, four years, whatever, they're, you know, letting me down. And it, and I shouldn't say people, cause it was one person's, you know, mistake that, mm-hmm. but I was just so happy to be there and to be playing softball and to get to play with new people that it was kind of, that was, I think, another reason that I was just so emotionally. Yes, it sucked, but it, it really sucked because, again, it came from a place where I'm like, I knew this person very, very well, and I trusted this person. And when you put everything, I gave everything. I mean, I had gotten opportunities to go and, and be traded or not traded, but go and play for different teams. And I just was like, you know, Scrapyard's home. That was the first team that I had ever played for. And in the league, I mean, there was a lot of movement. People would, you know, go play for other teams or get traded or whatnot. But Scrapyard just always felt like home. I had never really wanted anything else. I loved being in Houston. I loved being around my family. I have a couple of family members that live in Houston. So I loved it. And that was really kind of because I was just like, where does this end? Because it's probably not with Scrapyard. And I think that that was probably also another reason why I was just really hurt was I probably never get to wear a Scrapyard jersey again. I mean, when we threw off those jerseys, it was very adamant that, you know, we left everything in the locker room. We didn't want anything to do with any of it. And um, that was that. So it was just really powerful. And then when we had her come into the room, the GM, when we had her come into the room, I'd actually left the room for a little while because I was just trying to get it together. When she came back into the room, she wanted to talk to the team and that didn't go so well either. And that's when I really walked out because I just was like, you know, it sucks sometimes. And it's not even her. I'm just going to say people in general, it sucks when people don't really understand and they don't want to understand and they only want to see their viewpoint. It, that hurts, especially when it's something that pertains to you. And I think at that point, that was like, you know, it's kind of like the whole all lives matter thing right now. When you don't really understand that it's not about everybody else, but about the one that's, you know, getting left behind and, and that is black people. If you don't, if you're, if you don't open your eyes and try to at least sympathize or understand it, it's really frustrating. So I think that was where my, the root of my frustration lied was when, you know, she came in and she started saying all this stuff and I'm like, yeah, you really just don't understand. And that's when I walked out in about a minute after, not even a minute. And I really think it only took a minute because people were trying to get their stuff. But like I was outside for maybe not even two minutes. And by the time I had made it to the parking lot, everybody was outside. And and kind of, we tried to come together and talk about, you know, because we had to let the pride know what was going on as well and that we were done because they were on the other half of it. And I know that they knew, you know, what had gone on, but they didn't know that, you know, we were, we were done. So that was just a whole nother entity that we had to bring them in and talk to them the same night uh, about just kind of everything that was going on and where we stood as a team. Wow. 
but there's a beautiful light oh, at the end tunnel. of this crazy tunnel. So you're, so you guys, everybody leaves and within a few days, y'all come up with a new team and a new name and you called yourselves. This is us. And what a name, like, can I ask where that came from? Like the name itself, yeah. like, did it come from someone specific or so, the TV show? Uh, <laughs> no. So we all got together the next morning. Emotions were very, very high. We all were kind of just like, honestly, at a blank stare. And we were trying to make the decision of like, you know, do we go home? Uh, do we still want to play? And I said, you guys, like the one thing that I have just realized in just in life in general is, you know, when one person makes a mistake or if, if something goes wrong, like you don't just throw the towel in because it seems very hard, but like just try to figure out what it is that you can do to make something, make light out of something. And so I said, you know, if today, if yesterday was the last time that I got to step on the field as a professional, I, I would have hated to end my career that way. And I was like, yeah. I really want to continue to play. And I know that like, this is hard, but like we, we can find a way. And so we all were sitting there talking about, you know, well, what is it? Like, well, obviously we're not going to play for the organization anymore. What is it that we want to do? And everybody's just like, you know, what if we, you know, just change the name? We could just wear, you know, t-shirts or something. Like, what could we do? We're all sitting here planning. We literally had like three meetings in one day. So we kind of had to take breaks because again, like I said, we were all really, really emotional. And by the third one, we started to actually get to like brainstorm and of what we wanted to do. And we had 18 of us in this room on the phone as well, because there was a couple people that weren't there. We're talking about, you know, the very first post that a lot of people were making was this isn't us. Uh, like we had no clue. We were blindsided about this whole thing. Like this is not us. This is not what we stand for. And so we just kind of started saying, well, what, what is us? And we were like, well, this is us. We, we do, you know, want to empower each other and we, we are here for each other. And we did all make the decision. Like, so that's kind of where it came from of like, what is it that we are? And this is us is kind of like how we started to talk about it. Like, this is us. We are, you know, a, a band of sisters that are just really wanting to work to, you know, change the game and whatever else. And that's kind of where the wheels got turning. And then we were all like, what if that was just our name? Like, this is us. Softball. You can add softball because there is a TV show and we were like, oh, <laughs> we can't feel that name. So we probably should put softball here. So yeah. um, that's where it really came from. And then after that meeting, after the first day, uh, we really started putting some things into work. Like we were meeting every day and we were just talking about, okay, what is it? How can we make this work? And that's when we really just started using our resources. I mean, we had so many people, whether they were sponsored by Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, uh, Evo Shield, we had all these different people that had had people that we could call on and reach out to. Black Star Athletics was the first one that I think Kat Osterman reached out to. They are a company out of Houston and they made, they were willing to make the jerseys for us. They were like, if you guys want to play, we can send you guys this many jerseys. We'll overnight them, whatever you need. Don't got to pay for them. We got you. And after that, it was like Evo Shield and then Nike and then all these different people because all we had was like red and black stuff. So yeah. uh, we didn't want to wear anything like that. So we just were like, well, what if we just got, you know, things that were just black and white, uh, just very simple. And that's sure enough, uh, we started getting like things from Nike, from uh, all these different places. And everybody was so on board. And then came Friday 
And Friday came really fast. And that was when I think everybody was just like overwhelmed because we didn't have a general manager. We didn't have an accountant. We didn't have anything. It was just the 18 people and that was it. And it got really overwhelming. We hadn't even practiced up until Friday and we played on Saturday. We all were just like, is everybody in for this? Like, are we okay? Kind of had to do a mental health check, to be honest, because we had a lot Mm -hmm. of people that just weren't, weren't feeling it. And I was like, you know what, guys, like the one thing I'm going to say to everybody is like, we got to ride this wave. Like we made such a big wave that we got to ride it together. Like, and it's going to get hard and it sucks. But like, if we just stay with this with each other and, and we are for each other, like, I don't care how this turns out, but like we made the wave. We can't go home now. Like we've had so many people that have pitched in to help us to see this whole thing come to, you know, fruition. It's, it just was like, just let it ride, ride it. And so Friday was the first time we got to practice. And it was just like, you would have thought we were kids on the playground. We were having so much fun. It was so cool to just see everybody just breathe. Softball was our one thing that we just needed. We needed to be able to, to play softball and not have to worry about what time the game was going to start, uh, how we were going to do the national anthem, all this stuff. Like it was nothing, nothing else mattered but playing softball. And then that Saturday, the, at the beginning of the game or at the beginning when we were all in the locker room getting ready to take BP, uh, everybody was just kind of like breathe. Let's just breathe. I think we're all like really nervous and like, this isn't us. Like, just breathe like let's have fun today we get to play softball and we get to play another game and we didn't even think that we were going to get to so like let's just like get through this night together and like let's do it for each other and like I said we didn't we didn't practice that whole week and we still won the game and I said yeah. it was so cool to see I mean getting on that field for the first time as this is us was such a cool uh, such a cool thing because we got to honor so many different people um on our BP tops we all chose someone of person of color, black person to represent. And we reached out to those people and we asked them, you know, what, what does it mean for us to, you know, be able to represent you and everybody got to hear their own storyline. And it could have been a friend that they played with. It could have been someone that they looked up to, but it was just really, really cool because it was just like, this is what it's all about is just uplifting each other and finding ways to come together and do it. And that's kind of where we got our three words as well of awareness, empowerment, and unity. We got to sit there and talk about those words and go into depth with those words as well. Just like, what does this mean to all of us? And how can we, how can we make the softball community better from these three words? And I mean, like I said, there was just so much planning and so much stuff that went into that one night and then after that, we got to play again, and then 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 COVID. <laughs> so I think yeah. we ended up getting to play six games as This Is Us, and then COVID struck, and it was just, I mean, Florida was at an all-time high with COVID, and we had had a COVID scare, and we were all around someone that had tested positive. And so at, at that point, you know, we all just were freaking out because it wasn't like we were in a bubble or anything like that. We were all hanging out with each other. No one was getting tested on a weekly basis. So we all freaked out. And at that point, I think it was just all too much because they were like, well, what do we do now? Can we go and get tested? We were just all trying to figure out. I mean, we were 
all over the place. And at that point, I think it just began to be a little too much because there was a lot of people that quite frankly were scared from the very beginning. Florida was a hot spot. And so there was a lot of people that were coming from different places that were like, I don't know if this is like the smartest idea. And sure enough, yeah, it, it got to be very, very scary. But I mean, that was the end of it after the whole COVID situation. Cutting in to this episode real quick to tell you about something we've had up our sleeves for a while and it's officially out. It is the ABT Winter Collection. So I was at a camp that I was running a couple years ago and the athletes were like, do you have any sweatshirts? Do you have any sweatpants? And it dawned on me this year that we have a new ABT line and I'm like, we need some sweatshirts. We need some joggers. We need some beanies and maybe throw in another long sleeve. So it's official. We have our own winter collection and I really want you guys to go check it out. It is so, so awesome. It was fun designing this stuff with my team and people have already ordered and they're wearing the super, super warm sweatshirts and the comfy beanies. Someone also asked me if the beanies would fit a ginormous head, a ginormous melon. It will. I I just got mine in the mail and it definitely will fit your head. I'm so excited for you guys to see this stuff. So all you have to do to check it out is go to www.ashleybtraining.com. Click on the ABT collection and you guys can see all the new things that you can get just in time for the holiday season. Uh, Make sure to get those orders in. It takes a couple weeks to get out to you. So make sure you get your hands on some of the awesome gear. I'm so excited for you guys to wear it. And if you do get it, and I want to see you guys repping it. So make sure to tag me at Ashley B Training on Instagram. I cannot wait to see you guys wearing this gear. You guys are going to rock it this holiday season. All right, let's head back to the episode. But the fact that you guys were able to rally and still create this incredible team is like, that's the season, Mm -hmm. you know, like the job that needed to be done happened. And I do want to unpack on your, your statements, the awareness, empowerment, unity. So in your eyes, Kiki, tell me what those words mean to you. Awareness to me is, I mean, I think I got to see it and experience it firsthand. Uh, So awareness to me is just being aware of the things that are going on around you, being sensitive, not being naive to them and understanding the things that are going around uh, on around you so that you can, you know, switch up your lifestyle according to. Uh, I think that some people, you know, are blindsided by whether it's their work or the things that they do on a daily basis that sometimes they forget that there's just this thing called life going on for everybody. And you have to be aware of that and, and being aware um, of people's feelings and that people are different. And softball is one of the, I mean, it is a diverse sport in a sense where we have different body types. We have different races, just a lot of different differences the places we come from, um, why we even got started in the game. There's just so many different things. And that's, I think, the big piece is just being aware that this isn't just black and white, that there are so many things that are brought to the table with this game. Uh, So that would kind of really be the awareness piece for me. The empowerment piece is just empowering each other. We live in a society where, like, I feel like females are just always getting the back burner. Like, and it's getting better. I will say it's getting a lot better. But just empower, feeling like you can can do anything as a female 
and you don't even have to be an athlete, but empowering one another, lifting one another up, I think is just super important, like to be happy for people and, and be happy for the things that are happening for other people and that it will all come back around at some point because that's just how this life works. And you just have to be patient for that time and encouraging whether it's the next in line or the people that are around you. Empowerment is just so huge because it's just like, it, it really does change when you have an environment of people who are willing to bring one another up. So that's kind of how I see empowerment is just. So go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Before you go into the last one, I want to just like call you out on a good thing. The fact that when you were pumping up your team and empowering your team and saying, Let's ride the wave. We started it. We got to finish it. You just pulled out a little bit of Rhonda. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like she would, that's what she would do in that situation. And like, you were on the ultimate stage to make that happen. And I'm sure your teammates are like, yes, Kiki's the reason why, like, we were actually going to play because a lot of us didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And like, you just mentioned empowerment. And I'm like, you literally just lived that out in that way. And it's truly incredible to like get the inside because it's amazing how you're able to take past experiences and feelings and truly create something so incredible. Okay. So I'll let you go into the (laughs) last one you're going to do now. (laughs) I mean, I didn't even think of that. So that's a a, kind of a cool way to think of how that all happened. I mean, I didn't think of that as empowerment. I just thought of it as like, come on guys, like we can do it. Like, let's just stick together. Like, just do it for each other. Like, and, and so that's actually a, a really cool way. Cause I didn't even think of it like that, but, um, the unity piece for me, uh, is just understanding that when you do things in like solidarity and you stand next to each other, so many things can happen. I mean, you are seeing so many athletes worldwide now that are using their platforms and using their voice and it's being heard. And when they do it in groups and in numbers, like it's even, it's even more powerful. And that was kind of like the unity piece for me. Cause I was like, I could have easily been like, you know what, I'm out. And they probably would have actually, no, they wouldn't have. My teammates wouldn't have, they would have still walked out with me, but it could have been as simple as something like that. Had I left and they stayed, uh, I, we probably wouldn't have made a, a big of a difference. I mean, it could have very well just been like, Oh, well, we'll let that tweet go under the rug. Like, you know what I mean? But the fact that we mm-hmm. did it together and we stood together and we were united together was like why we made such a big big wave and why we've made such a big difference and I think that that was really how unity stood out to me it was just doing things together and for each other and understanding that even if you have different opinions ideas that you can still be unified and and feel like you were moving in the same direction you guys moved mountains like it was honestly one of those where I was like man I wish I was in a this is this (laughs) uniform like like, it's just, it's amazing to see what could come out of something so dark. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that tweet ever should have happened. It obviously shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing how something like that can make this come into fruition, especially for, like you were saying, a sport where we do have so many different types of athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about that, too, last night. I was like, you know, you think about it. We have a sport where, like, anybody can play. Right. Truly. And the fact that, you know, you brought that up, but also you're showing it all together. I, again, I have goosebumps. It's just, it's fun to talk about the impact that you guys made. So this is us softball. What's 
happening with it now? What can we do? Actually, how can we follow it to just see and educate ourselves uh, to keep looking into so it? So once at the very, very beginning, uh, when we all left after COVID, we were, we were meeting quite frequently all the time just because we were trying to figure out, you know, where do we really want this go? Where do we really see it going? And Athletes Unlimited happened and there was a lot of people who were on This Is Us. I think we had 11 people. And so it got a little bit harder for us to meet, but there was still a core of us that got to con continue to communicate about, you know, what are some future plans and how do we really want to run this? It's kind of hard because it's like, you know, we don't want to take this, the we, we don't want to take it the business route because we want people to realize like, you know, we might never pick up a softball again. Like that's really the reality of it, especially with this year being a, an Olympic year. We had nine girls on the team, nine or 10 girls um, on the team that were a part of Team USA. So that leaves I think five of us, five or six of us who were not. So with that being said, we were like, you know, I don't think really playing is what we're seeking, but more so what can we do in the softball community to, to bring people together and to realize, you know, that we are all very different. And so I think taking it like the social media route, I think has been like really huge for us. Like how can we continue to educate and share, you know, our experience? Because at the end of the day, a lot of my teammates had never even experienced something like that they had experienced that night in the locker room. So for them, it was all like a wake up call of like, okay, there is something that we can do and we need to act on it. And so I think right now, the biggest thing for us, what we really want to do is just to be able to kind of, I guess, help, whether it's just information, information-based, help people kind of figure out. I know like we did a call the other night. We've been doing a lot of calls with different universities. So four or five oh, of cool. us will um, get on a call and we'll talk to all these. And it's been really cool. Like, um, from Fresno State to Cal State Fullerton to, I know we got to talk to Nebraska. We got to talk to Nebraska Omaha. Uh, we talked to my, my kids here. I mean, we've been talking to a lot of different schools. And I think the biggest thing is everybody has different questions and how, I mean, yes, they want to know, you know, how all this came to be. But I think the bigger thing is, you know, how can we promote diversity and inclusion uh, with our team? If say, you know, we had an all white team, how can we start that conversation? How do we have the hard conversations? And I think that's kind of where we want to step in and just like be kind of like liaisons and share and share our experiences, but as well, things that you can do to help. I know at one point we wanted to, you know, just do like speaking engagements, but then it got to, you know, ideas of wanting to do camps and clinics. This is us camps and clinics and, you know, whether it be the first hour is, you know, defense or hitting or something like that. And then at the end, it's like conversation, just getting down and, and, and deep about just diversity in our sport and how we can, you know, be a little bit better as a community. So I think there's a lot of different ways we want to go with it, but it's, it's just one of those things where I don't think we've quite figured all of it out, but that was kind of like how the summer was too. We didn't have it all together, but we still made something work. And so I think that we'll, we'll work for the next, you know, few years even. I think that this is something that everybody wants to continue to be a part of and wants to have a hand in. And, you know, it might not be something that's, you know, full time for all of us, but it's something that we all are very passionate about and we can all, you know, contribute. And even, I mean, we had Tori Tyson on uh, Instagram Live with Ali Carta. That was who Ali had on the back of her BP jersey was Tori Tyson. And they just had like a really generic conversation and it was so cool because so many people joined it just wanting to listen and learn 
Like that was all it was. I mean, uh, Tori being at an HBCU um, and seeing a, a different uh, a different light was just so cool. I mean, it was just something as little as that. I know that we got to educate whether it was 30 people on the call or 100 people. Um, we just got to educate people. And I think that that is really, at the end of the day, what we want to continue to do. Was that on Allie's Instagram? Allie's Instagram. And, or I don't know. Actually, it might have been on the This Is Us Instagram. Okay. I'm honestly, I'm going to look it up right away and I'm going to make sure we put that in the show notes because yeah. I do remember tuning into that conversation for a it while. It might be, Allie. And I'm not sure. You'll have to look on both because I know that if if they weren't on Allie's that they might be on a highlight or something like that. Got it. Of this yeah. I'll look it up and make sure people can find that because it's a really good one. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I've already done so, so much already, but I know so many people listening are probably having the question of how do we start the conversation with our teams? And because I know a lot of parents and coaches are here mm -hmm. and I feel like just even encouraging conversation in general is important, but how would you address, uh, let's say a coach or a parent that's like, I don't know what to say or how to say it, but how do I start something yeah. that can really make a difference? I think one of the biggest things to do is asking whether it be your athletes or, or your kids asking, you know, are they, do they, are they aware of the things that are going on? And if they are aware of the things going on, it's that's kind of like a conversation starter in itself of, you know, what are your thoughts? What do you think about it? Just having really just a, a conversation about it. And if they aren't aware of it, I think something that you can do is, you know, prompted of saying like, you know, hey, this is my viewpoint on this. Uh, what do you think about it? Or this is kind of what's been going on. And I know that, you know, you might not know about it because quite frankly, like, so here at SDSU, my team is predominantly white. We have three Latino girls on our team and everybody else is white. And so for them, I know I had asked my girls, I was like, are you guys talking about some of this stuff on the team? Because I know a lot of them had reached out after everything had happened to me. But I was just like, are you guys talking about this kind of stuff as a team? Like, what are your thoughts as a team? And, you know, a couple of them were like, we're, some of us are talking about it, but like, we don't really know how to, you know, get everybody else engaged. And I was just like, well, why don't you guys just have like an open conversation about everything? I mean, you're seeing all this stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, you're seeing all these different things on the news. Why not just have like an open conversation about it? And it, even though it, it might seem weird because you are all white, it's still the fact that you're trying to understand and at least be able to talk about it amongst each other. And I think that that's really just like the first door opener. And then if you're not really that comfortable with asking those questions, ask about people about their personal, you know, their personal lives, get deep, like dive deep into, you know, you know, what makes you, you, or, you know, what are you and your family, you know, talk about or whatever it may be finding ways to just get to know your athletes or, or your kids just a little bit better. I think we'll start kind of sparking that conversation of where they like really like lie with everything. Absolutely. This is so good. So before we get into our last questions, the five to thrive questions, how can people follow you? Because I know so many people right now are so inspired by the words, especially the last part where we're talking about this is us and all the things that are going on with that. But I know people are going to want to find you. So where can people follow you? And what's your favorite platform to hang out on? Um, well, for the younger generation, just TikTok. <laughs> um, yes. And I don't make a lot, a lot of makeup on TikTok. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't get on TikTok a lot. Like I don't make a lot of TikToks, but I probably will soon at some point. Now my kids are starting to ask me to make TikToks. 
Instagram They're hilarious, will probably, by the way. <laughs> huh? They're so funny. Like your cooking videos. <laughs> oh my God. Hilarious. Uh, the, I would probably say my most active would probably be Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with Twitter sometimes, but sometimes Twitter, Twitter gets a little much for me. I like mm-hmm. seeing just pictures and stuff like that. And I'm pretty yeah. um, open to everything like with my life and, and everything. Like I post a lot about my family, my boyfriend, my professional stuff. <laughs> Puppy awake. Puppies uh, up. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, that, that would probably be, Instagram would probably be. Taste Stokes 10 is my handle though for everything. So... Awesome. Everybody go follow Kiki. We got to get these final questions in because my dog just woke up from his nap and he is going to be whining here for the next few minutes. So hopefully people can manage the squeal. Our YouTube viewers are going to be probably spoiled because I'll whip him out of here at the end. Okay. Five to thrive questions. Are you ready? Ready. You're ready. All right. Tell me what is your favorite thing about the game? My favorite thing about the game is relationships. I am a relationship type person. I mean, the game is fun, but at the end of the day, I think my teammates and like my coaches, I'm such a big like relationship person. So the one thing that I always remember is like who I'm with, who I did things with and how I did it with those people. So I would say relationships. Great answer. I love that. What was the greatest lesson that your parents taught you growing up? I would say to never, never, never be quiet when you have something like really good to say, like just always standing up for yourself. My parents always taught me and my brother, like you guys are, are special. You're smart. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> the dog just made it to the conversation. This is what Kiki's uh, looking at. Um, He's gotta no, be. but like that would be the, just always stand up for what you believe in and, and never be afraid to speak on the things that you know are true and in, in the way that you feel because your emotions matter and, and how you perceive everything in the world matters. So always just use your voice and stand up for what you believe in. They preach that heavily, like all the time. I know th- I know they're so proud of you right now because you're doing exactly that. That's amazing. All right. What was, it's one thing that you wish you could tell 10 year old Kiki. The one thing I would tell myself is that, um, you are going to do things in life that you don't like to do, but you got to do them. (laughs) Oh my, that is honestly what I would tell myself because I'm always like, I, I had to really work to change my mindset of a get to mindset because I'm always like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah. And I've just had to, I mean, I'm still struggling with that. Like I still have to tell myself, like I get to do these things. And I think that was one of the biggest things I figured out in quarantine was like, there's so much that I get to do that got taken away. But like now more than ever, I realize like you got to have that attitude and that mindset of, yes, you know, you might not always do things that you want to do, but you got to do them. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know my sister's team, they adopted the hashtag get to for that exact reason. It's like, you don't want to do a lot of things, but you have to, like, you don't want to put in all the reps throughout the week to become a better hitter, but like, don't expect to get better at the high pitch if you don't, you know, so good. All right. Who was your greatest role model growing up? Oh man, this one's hard. Like softball or like just in general, you know, I would say anyone, honestly. Uh, I would say my family. And it's not even one person because they all were just a big inspiration to me. But if I had to pick, it would be my brother and my sister. 
and and those two really just because my sister is younger than me, but I have learned so much from just her and she's just such a good role model to so many younger. I mean, she's just so confident. I mean, I literally sometimes I say I wish I could be her because she's just so cool. And then just my brother with just how much he strives to to do everything the right way and pushes me to be better in everything that I do. I mean, I I tip my hat to both of them because they are they're definitely who who I always aspire to be. My mom and my dad, though, I'm not going to act like I don't like give them props because they are great. But it's just like I was so close with my brother and my sister growing up that we just we fed off of each other. And and my mom is an, an absolute hero. I, I think I admire her in a different way of just being so strong willed, not only a thyroid cancer survivor, but a breast cancer survivor. My mom is just like a fighter. And she, Oof. I mean, she resembles everything. Her and my dad both, I mean, they, they hold the glue together. And even though they aren't together anymore, it's something that like, I'm just like my whole family, I'm very grateful for all of them and how, how hard they push all of us to be. Yeah, that's incredible. Especially, you know, saying that your role models are your sister who's younger than you and your brother. It's like, you're always setting an example, you know, when you have siblings, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel the same way. It's like, Every move I make, they're watching. They're watching and so yeah. if anything, that's like an empowering mm-hmm. feeling as well. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So before I ask you the last question, I want to thank you. This has mm-hmm. been such so an fun. insightful mm-hmm. and incredible conversation. Honestly, you were one of the very first people that I thought of with people who I want to get on this podcast. You're right up there with Sue Angus, <laughs> who I just launched this week. Like this has been so fun. And I know so many people are going to take so much from this conversation mm-hmm. and hopefully start conversations mm-hmm. and more of them. This has been so fun. And it has been fun. I'm so glad that you asked me out. too. When you asked, I low-key was like, eh, I get on the podcast. Because I just think it's so cool when people do stuff like this because it is a good time to just like sit down and talk. And I know a lot of people just love listening to podcasts. Like that's kind of like the thing now It's just like, I'm driving to work. Oh, I'm listening to a podcast. Like, you know, it's just, it's fun. And it's cool to listen to different people's stories and how, you know, everyone is very, very different, but all at the same time, like, it's just, it's fun to, to hear that stuff. So thank you for having me. This is us podcast. Is, could that be a thing? That's not a bad idea. Hey, bad idea. I'll help you out. Whatever, whatever I can do to help. That is not a bad idea. <laughs> just, just an idea popped in my head. I, I will tell you podcasting is fun. Yeah. Conversations are fun. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Last and final question. You ready for it? What legacy do you want to leave on this beautiful game of ours? Oh man, that is hard. I would probably say that I would want to leave a legacy of like knowing that like you are a person when this game is over for you, you are a person and you get to be in this world. And it is so important to be a good person and you get to leave your mark on on, on people in the game, people in this lifetime, it's it's so important to understand that everything is so much more than a ball and bat could ever be for you. And it's so important to understand, to love people, to care for people, to be honest and to just live your life like, you know, like you have one to live and that it's not always just about something that is so monetary. Um, it's something that like, you know, you can't get back life. And I just want to leave a legacy of people understanding that it is always so much more than the game. And it it can teach you a lot, but just be you and be confident in being you and just love the people that are around you, love who you get to do it with. And I think that is, that's the biggest thing I want to leave. That's my mark. Well, you're already one of the best people that I know. 
And I'm not saying that because I'm interviewing you. You were one of the most genuine people out there. Oh, and I'm so I'm so excited for those people who get to listen to this conversation. They're going to learn so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on yes, Kiki. Thank you. It was fun. I had a lot. You really? Man, I am in awe of Kiki Stokes. I knew I was a huge fan of her when I first started playing against her. And ever since, she's been one of my great friends. You guys probably could have heard that inside this interview, but wow, it was so amazing getting to know her point of view on a lot of things going on in this world. And I am optimistic that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. There is a better version of all of us outside of coronavirus, outside of all of the craziness going on. And I hope this brings a little bit of optimism to your day. I am obsessed with Kiki. I love what she's doing. I hope you guys all go follow This Is Us Softball and start listening into those conversations and doing the research and doing the homework on how we can have better conversations with not only our athletes, but each other. This was so much fun, and I hope, hope, hope that you guys share this with your softball tribe. This was one of my favorite episodes to date, and you guys could easily see why. Thanks for tuning in. I'm pumped to see you guys next week. So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley V Training, and at Smashly underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.